how about that game everybody <laughs> that game was that game was wild i mean think about this like you know nearly nearly three hours ago two hours and 45 minutes ago that game started with maddie veneers scoring 40 seconds into it <laughs> and then and then it ends on that uh jake debrusco with like a minute and a half left like that was that was a crazy game it was a good game i know the i know the end result wasn't what we wanted but uh that was that was a really fun enjoyable hockey game and uh I'm, I'm never i'm never not happy when we get those and i think there's lots of positives uh for the kraken coming out of this one and we'll 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 get to those here uh in a little bit thanks everybody for joining us here on emerald city hockey's post game live presented by queen anne beer hall might get some stories from the beer hall from rj later when he joins us uh from the game i guess let's just start off with uh reverse retro i guess technically the curse lives on but I thought that this game was fantastic. I thought the Kraken were fantastic in it. Philip Grubauer had another really good performance. I know like the stats might not be there for him with the six goals against, but still he made some phenomenal saves for the Kraken tonight. I thought the Kraken played hard. They were in this. They wanted this game. You could just tell. You could see it on their faces. You could see it in the way they were playing. They were getting physical. Yanni Gord was in there being disruptive, causing problems after the whistle, all that good stuff. You could just tell that that the Kraken really wanted this one. And like I said, they didn't get the result, the end result. But that was it was a really fun hockey game. And that was a that was a, that was a good playoff primer, I think. RJ and I talked about this on the last episode of the Deep Dive of where are the Kraken in terms of looking ahead towards the playoffs. Can they, you know, play well and hard against teams like a Boston or Toronto that we'll see on Sunday? And uh, this game answered that question pretty, pretty solidly. And the, the answer is yes, they can. They can play hard. They can hang in there with the best team in the league. And uh, they can take them down to the wire. And I, I think that that's a positive all the way around. I know you didn't get the win, but it's still, I was, it was just a fun, entertaining hockey game. And the Kraken were right there with it. Shushan can't even be upset about the loss. That That's a loss that proves the Kraken are a great team and deserve their success and placement in the standings. Wow, what a hockey game it was. It was just a really fun back and forth hockey game. You had weird things happening. Each, each team you know, was able to score some fluky goals, some lucky goals, get some of that stuff going. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it was anytime you get a hockey game with that much passion involved, both teams playing hard, the back and forth nature of it, the amount of shots, you're talking about 41 shots for the Kraken, 33 for the Bruins, 11 goals scored by 11 different people. Like that, it's just a fun hockey game. There's just no way around it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Seth with the super chat. Thank you very much, Seth. Uh, not one second where the game was in the bag. Not a night to start doing uh, shots per goal. Have a Gatorade. I, I have a Gatorade here. And as you can see, it's, it's already a little empty. Uh, I was I was pre-gaming for the post-game a little bit with it. But uh, yes, it was it was just a fun, fun, fun game. I, and it, I know I'm sorry if, if you're in here to kind of be like bummed out, but this is probably going to be the most upbeat therapy session we've had all season and probably will have all season because we just took the Bruins down to the wire in a really, really exciting game. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was just a lot of fun. 
I just, I, I can't get over it. Uh, Kraken Hawk, even in the loss, it was one of the best games we've seen. They stuck it to the best team in the league. It was clean. It was fiery. It had me on the edge of my couch. It was a blast to watch. It was. And at the end of the day, I know we're all passionate for the Kraken, all that kind of stuff. But this is, this is, these are the games that make all that work. You know what I mean? There has to be the excitement. There has to be all that stuff going on. And it's it's why we're lucky to be sports fans and to have this because you're not getting this from reality television. You're not getting this from a scripted drama. You're not getting this from a sitcom, right? Only sports can deliver what we all just got and what we all got to experience from an emotional standpoint. And I just think that that's so, so special. Coop with the very nice, easy three-word summary. What a game. <laughs> I like it, Coop. Definitely. What a game. It was It was fantastic. Uh, Joshua, crazy game. Man, the Kraken needed that one to get back into playoff position, but they hung with the best team in the league. They did. And, you know, bottom line is um, they're still fine as far as the playoff picture looks. Like, they're, they're hanging out in the wild card spot now. Uh, but you still got a game in hand on both Edmonton and Los Angeles, who are only two points ahead. So you can easily get right back in there with them. Uh, and you're pretty solidly in the playoff spot, too. You still got four points and a game in hand on Calgary for, you know, as far as like potentially getting pushed out of a wild card spot. So it's it's not a disaster at all. Um, I, I still think everything is, is, is doing just fine for them. Uh, it's more like the games on Monday against the sharks. Those are the ones that hurt you a lot more than, than a game like this tonight. Michael, that is the worst I've ever seen the Kraken defense play truly horrendous. All right. So we will get to the negatives here, I guess. Uh, there was some, even though it was a fun game, the bottom line is they still did lose. There was still some things that they could have improved on. And yes, the bottom line is there's two. Two goals specifically, including one that was four on four, in which the Kraken get caught having four people on one side of the goaltender. And that's just a no-no. That's a big no-no. Uh, forget about playing a team like the Boston Bruins, who are like super legit, best in the best in the league, have a ton of guys that can bury the puck and put it in the net. Uh, but you're going to give David Krejci for that first Boston goal, just going to have four people sitting over there like, acting like that's fine can't do it you just can't do it you can't you can't leave somebody that wide open you can't put it all on your goaltender to have to move laterally all the way across the crease and then try to make a save on a puck that's already been shot by the time his head gets around there you just can't do it and later on we saw the kraken do the same thing uh for the brandon carlo goal where again like i said it's a four on four goal and they had all four members <laughs> of the team over on one side of the ice can't do it just can't get away with that that's that's the kind of stuff that that is preventable there was some fluky goals in this one for sure uh and both teams were able to benefit from them think about like the yanni gord goal you're not ever expecting to see that yanni gord goal you can't ever count on getting goals like that yanni gord power play goal it's great when it happens though boston had some of those as well but but things like that Brandon Carlo goal, things like that David Krejci goal, those are preventable goals, and you got to help out your goaltender there. You you can't rely on on somebody to to make those saves. Those are just not they're not really savable. Yeah, they're savable in theory, but they're they're going to go in a lot. It's a very high percentage play that you're giving up. Andy, great game, crappy loss. Pretty accurate, pretty accurate. Braun, what a game. Love to see the boys play that way against the best team. What do you think about Gruby getting kicked? Um, 
it's obviously not good. There's virtually no padding on the back of a goaltending mask there. It's just that kind of plasticky plate, and that's basically it. There's not really any padding there. So anytime you see them fall backwards on the ice and hit their head, very concerning. I remember, uh, was it Andre Pavlak way back in the day? Uh, had a very scary moment. Um, uh, or taking contact back there, like Grubauer getting kicked. I don't think the kick was intentional. It doesn't look like he was looking at Grubauer and he knew what he was doing. He was just engaged with, I forget which member of the Kraken it was, and they're just maneuvering and the linesman's in there kind of shuffling them and his his foot goes out and it kicks Grubauer. I'm, I'm not in a place where, based on the one replay we saw, and we only really saw it the one time on the broadcast. I'm not in a place where I'm going to say that like, oh, he did that intentionally and that that was a dirty play. Uh, I, I think there was, you know, you could look over at Brad Marchand for the dirtier stuff, the more intentional stuff, the premeditated stuff. I think that that was just an unfortunate, you know, anytime you've got a goaltender down and you've got guys, you know, engaged in that way and the refs in there and everybody's pushing and shoving and pulling think you know you have the potential for something like that to happen and um it's unfortunate that that contact was made it looked like Rubauer was okay he waved off the medical assistance so you know you, you just gotta kind of live with it but um I don't I don't think it was dirty I don't think it was intentional I think it was just unfortunate and um it's just one of those things you know Maybe maybe the linesman's got to do a better job of getting them away from the goaltender or to stand in between them and the goaltender in that situation. I don't know that that's asking a lot of somebody in a in a very fast situation that's developing. So, uh, Kyle, ninety seven percent of that game was my favorite game so far. Right, it was pretty good. Uh, you know, you take out those those brief moments where the Bruins got six goals. This game was a lot of fun. It was a pretty good game. Uh, ben, great game. Don't think I'm alone in this opinion, but Marshan is a loser. Uh, this is the problem with Brad Marshan because he he does all that stuff, and that did look like you know that that was pretty close to a full on slew foot there. What he did to Oliver Bjorkstrand there, and you 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 heard the root broadcast say that the league is going to look at that. We'll see what happens with it. I'm not going to hold my breath. I never do with the Department of Player Safety. Uh, I think everybody should know that about me at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the problem with Marshan because he'll do all that stuff. And the bottom line is at the end of the day, unfortunately, he's not a loser because Boston's always winning games. And it sucks. <laughs> it's just one of those unfortunate things. Uh, it's, it's always the worst when you got a player like that on a team that just always is winning. And so he's just always winning. It's it's really it's just one of those things. Uh, Daniel, if only we could clear the puck. It's a struggle we've had all season long. You know, it's it's just one of those things Kraken have needed to work on. We know that that's one of their weaknesses. It We know it's something that come these games, come the playoffs, come the big pressure moments. It's going to it could be their undoing. It could be the thing that costs them. And, uh, you know, we saw that again tonight. It is just what it is. Uh, it's always it always comes down to whenever you're in a game like this, which team's going to make more mistakes. And like I said, I, I do think that the Kraken made more mistakes tonight. Uh, Boston, yes, they took more penalties. Kraken had far more power play opportunities in this. One. But you look at some some bigger face offs that the Kraken weren't able to win. Uh, you look at the the two goals that I mentioned where you have four members of your team all on one side of the goaltender and you just basically gift the Bruins a goal twice 
stuff like that. That's that's you beating yourself. Those are preventable things that you're not, you know what I mean? You're you're just not taking care of. And when you're not going to take care of those things against good teams, which come playoff time, for the most part, you're only going to be playing good teams. That's the stuff that that ends your season. And so uh, I would like to see the Kraken get better at at all of those things. Defense, face-offs, uh, clearing the puck. Like these are the things that they do need to work on. I thought the PK looked pretty good though today. Uh, I know they only had the one opportunity, but they were they were really on point tonight. I, I, I do want to mention that. Really wish we played even half as well against the Sharks from Coop. If we had, we would have won that game. Absolutely would have won that game. Shoe shine that felt like a game seven. It did. This was one where everybody was leaving everything out there. Love that. Love the effort from both teams. Dexter felt like last year's team giving up a response goal almost every time. Yeah, but we also got some response goals. This game was just response goals. And that's how you know it's a good game. That's how you know both teams wanted it because the moment they were scored on, you they were just all like, all right, they were flipping that switch in their brains and they were like, we're coming out and we're getting it. That's just what we're doing here. Um, Michael, Marshawn deserves a big suspension. You cannot kick another player with your skate blade. That is so dangerous. Uh, yes, it's and it's not even in that situation because he's, he he kicked with like the front of his boot. So it's not like he's trying to kick to, um, uh, you know, potentially like slice the back of his calf or anything. What it is, is it's called a slew foot where you you put out your leg against the, the foot or leg of your opponent. And then with your upper body, you leverage them down and back that's called a slew foot um there's plenty of examples if you just go into youtube and you just type in like nhl slew foot there's probably a compilation video of it uh this was kind of a low speed kind of not not as not i'm i know it was still a dirty play but this was not as dangerous as many many slew foots that i've seen and usually the ones that do end result in a suspension but yeah the whole idea is that you kind of kick out their legs while applying pressure to their upper body just to bring them down and that's what marshan did there uh on bjorkstrand who was rightly upset Ty, call me crazy but that game was epic felt like game five in a brutal playoff series such a battle but we but we fell uh, barely short. Sorry, I'll be in the house Sunday, lol. That's ah, a new season. We're getting rid of that. Gonna adjust the, uh, the the deep dive call outs <laughs> uh, for the Patreons. Try to take that take commander off. Uh, but yeah, it was a fantastic game. There's just no way about it. It felt like playoff hockey. This is what we want. Uh, it's, this, it's got me so fired up for the playoffs, everybody. You guys have no idea. You still got to wait like two months. Ugh. Um. Yeah, so Coop talking about the slew foot there, and Gru got kicked in the head with the skate. Yeah, again, I I don't the Marshan one is an easy call. I don't know about the the Grubauer one. Absurdly saying, on the one hand, it was exciting uh, as all to get uh, to get to watch, and they played hard. On the other hand, I know the crying emoji. We did lose, and that's unfortunate. Uh, Ty again pointing out that eleven goal scores. It's wild uh coop so many costly mistakes though i've got schultz failing to get it out of the zone and overplaying one side leading to the first goal larson getting absolutely embarrassed for the second okay i'm i'm not going to give schultz the first goal coop i'm going to disagree with you here uh because he was still covering net front and there was a boston player net front so he took the man up front i'm going to give that one to whoever the center is on ice center's got to have the backdoor play or the winger, somebody, but they're either the winger has to be there or especially the center has to be more involved. If the, if the other defenseman is going to step up in this case, Susie is going to step up and go out there to try to make a play and, and roam. 
the center can't also be where that roaming defenseman is, especially if the at-home defenseman is taking care of someone net front. That means the center has to go over or should be over or somebody needs to be picking up the back door, but it's not Schultz's fault. He stayed at home while there was a guy at home. So I, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Um, Larson getting absolutely embarrassed for the second goal. Pasta is dirty. There's just no way around it. Not in the Marshan way, just in the like, he's so skilled and it's frustrating and he's just slick. Uh, but yeah, he got walked on that. No, no way around it. No way around it. Ty, curious to see if anything is done about trying to kick Ruby in the back of the head. Really bad look on the NHL. Lay it on him, in my opinion. All right. So everybody seems to be on board with this whole um he, he got kicked kind of intentionally uh, or even if it's not, I understand it. You got to protect goaltenders if they're down and in a vulnerable position. I definitely understand that. Um, let's see. Dexter, this team has got to keep their heads up. I hope this short-term struggle this late in the season doesn't mentally deflate them. Uh, my guess is it won't. I know it feels like, you know, we're, we're so far into the season as we approach 60 games here, but there's still, you know, there's still, uh, how many games left do they have after this one? They've played 58. So we've still got 24 games left. Like there's still a lot of season left. You can go into a lull now. I'm not saying we want to, and it's not, great but you could conceivably and i've seen teams do this kind of go into a lull play 500 and then still have time to ramp it up and then hit the playoffs really in stride as you're getting hot i'm not saying we want that to happen that will be a stressful next month or so but it's it's conceivable and i've seen it happen before uh but yes, I, I don't think it'll mentally deflate them. I think that this team's kind of a little stronger than that uh, based on what we've seen from them so far this season. Again, we haven't seen a four-game losing streak yet. They've, they've been really, really good with this stuff. Uh, and just like that, we're four points from missing the playoffs. So I'll get out of here with the negativity. It's all right. It's all right. Um, but yes, it is one of those, like you can't afford to keep losing them. This is where, again, tonight it's kind of, you know, you hung in there against a really good team. Yeah, you didn't get the win, but that's okay. You still looked good. It's the it's those Sharks games where it's just like, you know, I don't care that it was an early start. I don't care that the dads were there. Like, whatever it is, you have to take care of business in those games. Uh, you have to be getting the points that you're supposed to be getting. That on paper you should be earning, you have to be earning those. And um, that's that's going to be the key for the Kraken moving forward is, is picking up those points. You can lose to the Bostons especially if you're going to play them close and look good in those games. You can afford to lose those. You cannot afford to lose games like the Sharks game. Um, <laughs> I think another Boston game might actually kill me. Uh, get ready for the playoffs. <laughs> Could I have to find a way to, to, to get through it because that's just playoff hockey. Every single game, every other night, you're just getting stuff like this. It is fantastic. Uh, this game should have been on ESPN, not the <laughs> for sure. This would have been this would have been a fantastic one to have as a national game. Would have been a really good one showing off the crack in, in front of a national audience. Would have been really cool. Um, great game, absolutely crushing end. A serious night to forget for Dunn from Dace there. He had some good plays. Uh, I believe he had a goal also. He had the second Kraken goal. Um, I, I thought he was all right. It's it's kind of that up and down. Really, the entire defense was up and down. I think this is a night to forget for the Kraken playing in their own zone for the most part, period. There was very few positive plays. Uh, Daniel, time to hang up the Ice Blue Sprong jersey for the year. I know. I know. Froden got the start. Uh, Jesper over, uh, over, over Sprong there. 
but uh, just got to, you know, it's, it's just one of those, I will say this in the third period. Okay. When it was four on four and you saw the effort play from Oliver Bjorkstrand, this is about like 1130 left in the third period, I believe. Um, you see this effort play from Oliver Bjorkstrand. It's four on four where he skates all the way down. The broadcast was going crazy over it. I'm sure, you know, you guys remember this. That's the kind of effort play and, and the ability to tie up the Bruins. They, he never got the possession. Kraken never had possession there, but it killed about 15 seconds. And the Bruins were not able to cleanly get out of their zone because they were just kept getting pestered by Bjorkstrand just kept getting pestered, kept getting pestered. They weren't able to establish a, a, an effective attack on the transition. That's the kind of stuff that when Dave Haxtell has been talking these last two weeks or so about how he doesn't want a scoring fourth line. He wants a physical disruptive fourth line. That's the kind of hockey that Dave Haxtell is talking about. And Daniel Sprong for all the great things that he can bring to a lineup, he doesn't bring that. And I think what we're seeing, and I really want to talk about this on the next deep dive with RJ, is Dave Haxtell is trying to slowly get this team ready for the playoffs. And he knows come playoff time, you need to have a line that isn't necessarily going to score for you, but is going to keep the other team from being able to do what they want to do. It's going to frustrate them. It's going to make them skate that much more. It's going to tire them out. It's just going to drive them crazy and give your time, your guys time to rest up and get ready to then go on the attack. And I think that that's what we're starting to see, and that's why Sprong has been out of the lineup now for a little while is because they're going with those. Uh, Braun, can you elaborate on Froden, who and why? Okay, so Jesper is from the... Uh, thank you for the super chat, Braun. I uh, meant, meant to mention that that was a super chat. So I was just talking about like kind of why uh, Dave Haxtell is seemingly transitioning away from somebody like a Daniel Sprong who isn't necessarily going to be heavy on the forecheck. We, what we saw from uh, Jesper tonight was he was strong on the forecheck and he was getting in there and he was helping to be disruptive. Morgan Geeky, very disruptive. Brandon Tanev, the ultimate disruptor, right? And so in come playoff time, when you're going to be playing the same team every other night, one of the ways uh, that that good playoff teams work. And one of the effective strategies of that is to have guys that are going to go in there, physically punish the opposing team's defense. You're not trying to injure them. You're trying to wear them out. You're trying to get them to think that they don't have the, the time to make a good, clean play. They just have to, in their own zone, try to do something quick, which is then what causes mistakes and turnovers to happen. You're trying to get the opposing team to skate that much more. You don't want to give them clean looks in transition. You don't want them to be able to run their systems. You want them to have to skate around trying to make extra passes. Again, you try to force a turnover. You try to tire them out. You're trying to just buy time for your top six to get rested up and ready to go and, and, and get their, get their uh, breath back. And so what we're seeing from Hackstall, I think this is just my opinion is as he's starting to talk more and more about developing a fourth line, that's good at that. We're seeing the move away from guys like Daniel Sprong to guys like Froden who can do that kind of stuff, who can uh, go out there and establish a heavy forecheck. Again, not necessarily with the, with, the, with the idea in mind of trying to get a goal, although that would be fantastic, but just to disrupt the other team, just to kill time, just to tire them out, just to physically make them feel like they can't 
uh, do what they want to do and and maybe put that little seed of doubt into their mind. And so I think that's why the Kraken uh, have called guys like John Hayden up. That's why they're calling Froden up and they're cycling them through with Coachella so that they don't have to worry about putting them on waivers. I think that's the other side of this. The front office side of this is, is them having to do that and having to do, play that game a little bit, which is why they didn't just stick with John Hayden. But I, I'm, I'm, in my mind, that's what's happening. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm guessing. Uh, so I can ask RJ about it a little bit. And like, like I said, I really want to take the, um, uh, I really want to talk about this on the deep dive. But that's why I think Sprong's kind of been odd man out for these Coachella guys there. Uh, all right, I'm just going to try to run through chat here because there's so many comments. So apologies if I skip over yours. Again, you can go ahead, feel free to put it back down at the bottom and, and we'll get to it later. Uh, feels like for that game, it feels wrong for that game not to go to overtime. Boo, Jake DeBrusque. Didn't you get the script? I know. Get on Jake DeBrusque. He's on my mom's fantasy team too. So we can really get on it because uh, uh, my mom cost us the at least going overtime, everybody. It's the bottom line. Um, sorry, mom. <laughs> Uh, uh, Dexter, how we don't get a point out of that is mind blowing. I know Alex, I'm still on the Boston has been very lucky this year trained, but with that said, that was a great game between two great teams. I kind of see where you're coming from, Alex. I think they've, they've had really solid goaltending. They've got good defense. They have a great depth team. They don't have maybe that top line. That's just going to absolutely kill you night in night out. I think there are nights that they've got lucky tonight. They got kind of lucky. There was a couple of their goals that were just kind of lucky goals. They, they tipped in, they bounce around, whatever. Right. Um, but I do think that that's a hardworking team. And so when you are a hardworking team, you sometimes manufacture lucky moments for yourself. I think they're still pretty, pretty good. Uh, striatic. It was fun. Mostly. Can we appeal to Skoda's to at least get a point out of this one? Probably not. Unfortunately, damage case. Happy Gord didn't take no crud from them. Absolutely. Gord never gonna, never gonna, um, Lindsay Kraken tried their hardest, but couldn't overcome the reverse retro Jersey curse. At least we're done with the reverse retro games. Now that's true. Although everybody kind of going with the ice blue theme, Loved especially like Piper's jacket. That thing was like, it was like perfect. Um, the color and everything, it was perfect. Uh, everybody, they they tried their darndest to get one win in these jerseys. I know the team's been trying to push them. They dropped them to 125. They're reminding us every single broadcast, but the bottom line is reverse retros. Certainly for us and really for a lot of teams around this league, it, just bad, bad, bad stuff going on there. Somebody put a hex on them. I don't know. Some some Adidas uh, former you know disgruntled employee leaving uh, put put some put the big whammy on them. Uh, Daniel, I'm sure in typical Boston team fashion, they won't give us any credit or show us any props. They'll just brag about how they won because that's what they do. That is definitely, well, that's certainly what their broadcast team does. It would have been interesting to watch this with the Boston feed, actually. Uh, it would have been really interesting what kind of excuses they would have made for them. But uh, yeah, it's it's been, uh, it'll be an interesting post game. Uh, George bummed that we didn't get the W, but we skated toe to toe with the best team in the league twice. One and one, a lot to be happy about here. I agree. I, I doubt that there's going to be another team this season. That's going to play the Bruins as hard as the Seattle Kraken did. And I know you're walking away with that, with that tie one, one, but the bottom line is that is still something to hold your head up high. It's something we can all hold up our heads high, uh, afterwards as Kraken fans, because it's, it's still been a fantastic performance from them. Uh, 
Becca, official stars, Bergeron, Maddie, and the captain. Uh, yeah, Gord definitely belongs on there. Um, Maddie, fantastic game from Maddie. Picks up a couple points, 200-foot game. I mean, that play at the beginning, that goal, starting with the stick check to create the turnover and then getting down the ice, scoring the goal like that, that's the highlight real goal. That's the kind of play that you want to show all youth hockey players across this country and every other country of what you what you should be doing and and what a good player does and uh it is it was a fantastic play want to want to see that uh come calder trophy time hopefully that would that one would get brought up looks like everybody we've got uh we've got rj here to join us here on the post game live presented by queen Anne beer hall rj how was that in the building because we've all been talking about it i mean that was like just an incredible fantastic game we're all just like thrilled with it it was. I, I still think it's the most entertaining game that I've seen in this building. Uh, you know, I obviously didn't uh, get the result that the Kraken wanted, but uh, I just back and forth, the speed, the pace of this game, uh, you know, no lead was safe uh, and, and the energy matched it too. It was a nice kind of like, you know, 75-25 fan balance in the building too. So a lot of back and forth there. You know, some a few Let's Go Bruins chance started, but then drowned out by Let's Go Kraken. Uh, the energy was just electric in the building. Yeah, I can believe that for sure. So a couple things just to get out of the way, like the big talking points, besides that it was a fun game. I want your opinion. I don't know if they replayed it on the Jumbotrons, how much you were able to see. But the obviously the Brad Marchand slew foot on Oliver Bjorkstrand, that one's obviously been going around. That I caught. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's a slew foot. It's bad play. Like, you just can't do that, right? Yeah, agreed. Yes, yeah. Yeah. The other one is... um. Philip Grubauer, when he takes the skate to the back of his head. I don't know if you were able to see that, if they if they were able to replay it for you all. That I didn't see. That's the one. And I saw on Twitter that people were pointing that out. I need to go back and take a look at it. Did not have the chance to see it. We didn't get a good replay of it. Um, yeah, I, I got to go back and take a look at it. Yeah, because that's the one I don't know. Um, they only showed it to us once on the broadcast, and it was hard because you weren't expecting what was going to happen. So I, I didn't think that it was like a, a dirty play. I think it was just like there's all this movement around a vulnerable yeah. goaltender. Like that's the problem. Um, but uh, that's, that's – and, and seeing it only once live, which is all I saw, and I just looked at it like that looks like a bang-bang play. Kind of unfortunate. Grubauer got clipped there somehow, and he did stay down for a little while, but he, he looked okay the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, 11 goals in this one, RJ, from 11 different people back and forth. This was playoff hockey. We talked about it on the deep dive. We wanted to know what, what are the Kraken going to look like in these in these upcoming games? Uh, can they hang in there with playoff teams? And we got our answer tonight. Definitely. And and that was a sentiment from the players, too. I mean, Yanni Gord said it was playoff style hockey. Matty Benier said this is what we're going to be facing come playoff time. He said, yeah, I know I've never been in the NHL playoffs before, but I've got teammates that have. And, uh, you know, this it's clear that this is what we're going to be facing. Um, so that was kind of the attitude for everyone, I guess, except Haxtell. He stopped a little bit short of that. He said, well, the energy level was higher. So it's, you know, was closer to that. But he, he wouldn't say that it felt like a playoff game. All right. <laughs> um, like said it in Discord, but we were the only the second team all season to score more than four goals against Boston. Arguably, this was their hardest game this season. Talked about that. I mean, we might be the team through both of the games that we're going to play against the Boston Bruins, RJ, to really give them problems. Like, like uh, for a hundred percent of the time we play them, we give them problems. 
Yeah, it, it see, there seems to be something about this Bruins team that brings out the absolute best in the Kraken. Uh, and I mean, it's it's really great to see just those two teams going at it and that the Kraken can step up against an opponent like this. You can tell they relish the opportunity. That was something that Jamie Alexiak was talking about after the game. Just uh, everyone's going to get up for an opportunity to play against a team like this. It's Boston. We know how good they are. Um, and, and Yanni Gord even said that was a fun game to play. in. It felt like every single battle really mattered. Uh, and so this is just something we know the Kraken get up for. Yeah, for sure. Uh Ayers, how's it going tonight, ECH and chat? It was at the point where I just wanted Kraken to hold the lead for a minute. Bruins were just too much to bear tonight. Spelled oh, bear, too much to bear. That's, that's pretty good. That. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, but it was. This was the game of the response goals, RJ, for both teams. It was. I mean, response goals both ways. It felt like no lead was safe. And that's where, you know, as much as you'd be tempted to say how disappointing it is to, to blow a late lead in this game, you know, and lose in regulation on top of that. If this was against any other team. If this was against San Jose last game or something, we're talking very differently about this game. But it just felt like that's the way this one was going. No lead was safe. And the Bruins are such a good team. They will attack you, you know, methodically. And, and especially after they've allowed a goal. That's just how it's going to go. So I, I don't feel as disappointed about that aspect of it as I normally would. I will say the, the one goal that Dave Haxtell kept kind of harping on is like that one can't happen uh, is the me... tying goal. Okay. You yeah. know, the, the tying goal late in the game. He said uh, his criticism of it was we didn't make him work for that one. And, and watching it, I, I do, you know, I do agree with that sentiment. Basically, you didn't make him work hard enough. So the winning goal, again, that's just a guy getting to the front of the net. He wasn't yep. sure if it hit DeBrusque or Dunn or, you know, those kind of bounces just happen. But that tying goal was the one that, that hacks don't really felt just shouldn't shouldn't be happening. Yeah, I, it, that one and the Krejci one to start the game are both goals in which you have four members of your team on one side of the ice, which is never yes. good. And, and on the tying Brandon Carlo one, it's four on four and you have four members of your team on one side of the ice. It's, it's just not not what you should be doing is the bottom line. Daniel doing some math for us. Need to go 15 and nine in the last 24 to get to a hundred points on the season. I think the Kraken are capable of doing that. It's just, we've talked about it, RJ. You can afford to play tough and lose these games against teams like Boston. It's just, you can't have the performances like you did on Monday. Exactly. And given the Kraken's strength of schedule being one of the, the lowest in the NHL, you're going to have a lot more matchups like that one against San Jose a couple days ago. Um, or yeah, three days ago, and then you're going to have against Boston like this. So if you just take care of those games, which historically they have been before that one, yeah. we were 13, one and one in the last 15 against non-playoff teams. So just keep taking care of those. They should be all right. Um, but good to know that the Kraken have this gear for when playoff time does come. Mm -hmm. uh, Edward, that result got me feeling icy blue. How was the? How was? How was it in there, RJ? Uh, did a lot of people show up wearing the reverse retros? Was it a success? Yeah, actually, more than I thought. To be honest, I was a little a little skeptical. I was like, well, how many people actually have the reverse retro jerseys? And you know, it, it's got to be a lot for it to really show up. But it did. No, I, I thought it looked really good. There was a lot of the ice blue and you know a lot of yellow, but it, it made for an interesting looking crowd. Yeah. Uh, Gary, I'm okay with the loss here as long as Boston sweeps Alberta this weekend. 
Uh, that is, this is such, this is uh, the the weird thing the about this part, time of yeah. year, RJ, where we gotta we go from from hating them tonight to rooting for them tomorrow, kind of thing. It's it's an interesting thing. Welcome and, to scoreboard watching. It's it's a fun time of year. Yep, Andreas. Most of the issues with this team resolve around positioning. Trying to stay positive that we hung with the Bruins once again, but after the loss to San Jose, this one really hurts. Burakovsky, please. So yeah. Positioning is, it's still, we still come around to the same three things all season, RJ, it feels like, that the Kraken need to work on. It's face-offs, it's clearing the puck, and it's just defensive positioning, being where you need to be. Exactly. It's it's the same things that keep coming up, and, you know, sometimes one or two at a time, other times just one. Um, but, yeah, positioning was was a struggle in this game at times, although the Bruins, they do a lot to try and force you out of your positioning. Uh, you know, the way that they pass the puck, it can be very difficult. It's, it's a high level of, of challenge there. Um, but yeah, there were some times where as even as Axel pointed out, it just wasn't good enough. Yeah, for sure. Krakenox got a good question here. Now that we proved we can hang with the best team in the league, do you think this might influence Ron and make him a little more aggressive before the trade deadline? It's a good question. I don't think he's going to deviate from whatever the plan is. Uh, Ron Francis, again, very methodical kind of GM. He he has his plan. He thinks it out and he sticks to it. Um, I don't think one game, no matter what happens, one game down this stretch is going to change what the plan is. I was going to say, we're, we're just the, the Philadelphia 76ers with the trust the process. From a couple yep. of years ago, the infamous trust the process uh, is just the way it is. What did you think of, um, you know, them sitting strong again, bringing up Jesper? What did you think about that kind of thing? Because I have a theory. Okay, interesting. You have a theory. I mean, I, for this game... I, I figure maybe if you're not happy with Daniel Sprong's recent defensive efforts, maybe you try and bring someone else in there that maybe matches up a little bit that can kind of move up and down the lines. And especially if you're you're grinding it out, you're either trying to defend a lead, you're probably going to be in a close game the whole time, which is what actually happened. And maybe that isn't the spot for a Daniel Sprong. Uh, so I get it. Um, you know, and you, you want to see, I guess, what, what Froden can bring, just so you know. Uh, Haxtell did mention, because he was asked, like, what do you think of Froden's game tonight? And, uh, you know, he gave it a passing grade. He, uh, you know, he said that he thought he played a good game. He said uh, his minutes are limited. He said, I don't know, he probably played like 11 minutes or so, which was, was accurate. But, um, yeah, he said he thought he played well in the time that he did have. Yeah, he played more than Donato or Geeky. Had a had an assist and was plus two on the night, if you care put stock in that sort of thing yeah. my thing and we'll talk more about this on the deep dive rj especially after the toronto game i think just because we've been hearing hackstall talk about wanting to have a fourth line that can be a disruptive kind of wear teams down line rather than a scoring line i think he's trying to gear up and get ready for the playoffs where the kraken are going to need a line like that where they can provide time for the rest of the team to catch their breath where they can go out there and wear down a defense by playing physical by doing what oliver bjorkstrand did when it was four on four in about halfway through that third period in this one where he just goes in and he keeps Boston from being able to do what they want to do. He just frustrates them and doesn't allow them to attack in transition. You just need a, a line like that come playoff time. And I think Haxtell's recent comments and what we've been seeing from them, whether it was with Hayden or now with Froden is just kind of about that. I, th I think so too. I think that was a very telling quote from Haxtell the other day about the fourth line and what he wants to see them being going forward. And you know, we've heard talk about this in hockey circles for a while. 
there are players that, that get you there and there are players that get you through. And I think that mindset is kind of starting to shift toward that playoff style hockey. Yeah. Um, Michael's saying that wasn't a slew foot, foot. That was just a straight up kick to his leg. I think it was a slew foot. And I think Marshan's do, done it so much. He just knows how to be quick about it. You only need that. You only need the leverage thing to be for a second. You don't have to keep your leg there. Uh, but it was to me, that's, that's what it was. Um, let's see. Uh, almost cried with Groot going down, held my breath till he put the mask back on. I think all of us were there. Harley for sure. Got a super chat here from Jeremiah. How's it going, man? Uh, tough loss, but fun game to watch unless you had the Kraken and the over. Uh, wish they could have kept the lead. Keep up the great work. Want to see the playoffs. Playoffs, man. It's it's Everything's going crazy with this, RJ, as far as uh, how the team's been playing here. But, uh, oh, man, if we get more games like this, that's I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. You you take games like these whenever you can be lucky enough to see them. And thanks for the super chat, Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Jay, hey, everyone. It was a frustrating loss, but don't frustrate the guys by not throwing a like at the stream. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jay. Um, let's see. Death taxes and Maddie scoring above the pad and below the glove. That's right, Coop. Or yeah, sure. that, that's his signature area to shoot. If it was a lighter mood, I was going to ask him about that. If they won that game, I'd be like, hey, you know, how about that spot for you? Wasn't really feeling it, <laughs> you know, after the way yeah. this one went. He, he looked pretty disappointed about it, which, again, tells you how seriously he takes this stuff. And, you know, he's going to hate to lose a game like that. But, yeah, I mean, heck of a shot to start things off. Especially against this team. Um, yeah. Sean, Pasta's wicked toe drag move on Larson was one of the best goals I've seen all year. Larson got walked, man. He sure did. Yeah, I, I thought of you immediately when that happened. But I mean, Pasternak's a hell of a player. Yeah, and to do that, and the thing that gets me too is how like so effortless it is for him to just kind of roof it far corner like that. Like, I know. It's silly. It's just silly. People aren't supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> it's, it's in my opinion, because I can't. So therefore, nobody should. Uh, <laughs> Cameron Burakovsky timeline. Do we know? Nope. Uh, yeah, just got to wait till we see him skating next, which hasn't happened yet. Yep. Uh, Dev guy, will they deal Sprong at the deadline? I mean, it's it's an interesting thought. He's got a lot of you know goals this year. He's shown that he's valuable. I just I don't know. I don't think so. I just don't think you want to subtract anything off of, off of the roster that you have. Um, you'd have to get a pretty good deal. You know, if a team's offering up a high draft pick, then, then you got to do it. But um, I just, I don't see that being the case. I think again, teams are paying attention to playoff teams. You know, they know kind of the same thing the Kraken know about what playoff style hockey is and you know, what exactly Daniel Sprong's game is. I just don't think there's going to be a team that so drastically disagrees with the Kraken enough to give up a good asset for it. Right. Or yeah, it would have to be a team that is going for it, but they have like an obvious hole on the wing in their top six where they just right. need a and score. Scoring, yeah. Yeah. And, and then you try to get them cheap, I guess, but I don't know. It, it would be a lot of things would have to go right to be able to, to move him probably. Becca, I'm a Lars believer wearing my Lars Jersey, hanging out with my Lars bobblehead, but that pasta goal was filthy. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you and me in the same night, Becca. That was just, oh. Daniel, Geeky's no look assist to Alexiak was money. I mean, there's two things to talk about here. One, it is the Geeky, it is the pass from Geeky. Morgan Geeky is showing it again. He can be a playmaker when the Kraken need him, need him to be, or, or when you least expect it. 
Exactly. Yeah. When you least expect, actually, that's a, a funny way to put it, but I think accurate. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a sneaky, good passer. And on that one too, just that, that no look pass over to Alexiak knows that Alexiak's going to be activating too. And that's such an important part of the system and, and the way that Dave Haxtell's teams play where the forwards can know that the defensemen are likely going to, to jump up into the play like that and support them. Um, and Alexiak, of course, scoring his, uh, his seventh goal of the season, a career high um, and, and both, both of his top two career goal scoring seasons have happened in Seattle. Um, so yeah, I think it's something about, you know, how you play here. And, and that's something you talked about too. I asked him like, what is it about the system here that, that allows that goal scoring to happen? And um, you know, he said, we're just, we're encouraged to jump up into the play. That's just something that we do. It's part of our job. And you know, for me, they've just been kind of going in, so I'll take it. Yeah. It's been crazy. That was the other <laughs> half that I wanted to talk about was just Alexiak. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. Who knew? <laughs> Just who knew? Uh, Lindsay's got a good one here. Question for both RJ and Dylan. What is your best estimate of Drieger getting claimed on waivers? This is actually the first time this has come up this post game, RJ, but we do have to mention it because Chris Drieger was put on waivers today. First off, do you, you know, how much do you know about that situation? And then what are your thoughts on uh, the odds of him getting claimed? Um, I know pretty much what everyone else does. Um, yeah, so, some came up. Unfortunately, I, I couldn't go to uh, morning skate today, although not a whole lot was really said about that, um, except just, you know, that I guess the statement was part of the process of him coming back. So it sounds like they're pretty confident that he's not, you know, going to get claimed. But, you know, we'll see. As we know with waivers, you never know. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll give my take on this. And, and this is a, a debate that we had, actually, you and I, uh, on the deep dive a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you saw the video clip I posted on Twitter today, and, and maybe if you liked where I cut it off. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought that this was kind of where the situation was headed because I, I really do believe that right now, until we see Drieger come back and prove that he can play again and he, he looks like himself after the injury, I do think, you know, as an asset, his value is negative right now just until we see him play again. And so that being the case, I don't think any team's going to want to take that risk on another year of three and a half million for him. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, I, I think, you know, I give it 5% that he's claimed. I just, I don't see it happening. Yeah. I was arguing like the idea of somebody trading for him here. You could essentially, you just get him for free. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I think that there will be some teams out there, particularly a team like an Ottawa, that is going to have to think about that because that next year is already under contract. You don't know what your situation is going to be like next year. You've already just lost a goaltender for this year as you're still trying to hang in there. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I think that there is going to be one or two teams out there that are going to have a serious think over this next 24 hours. So I'll go a little higher. I'm probably not going as high as 50%, but maybe 33% that, that one of, you know, a handful of teams might actually go for it. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see who's right. Uh, once again, one of us will be, you know, proven right or wrong, uh, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. Sean, that was a painful loss, but man, it was a good, tough showing against the best team in the league. Kudos to the Kraken. Overwhelmingly, that's been the, the overall feel amongst everybody. That's good to hear. Cause again, that's been kind of the feel in the building today. And I was wondering how people would react because on paper, Blowing a lead like that with, you know, under five minutes to go, I, that can be quite frustrating, but I'm glad people kind of seem to understand the context of this one. Yeah. All right. Well, there's two things. One, Alex calling me out. Lol, someone mentions the word captain and Dylan immediately knows it means Gord. I know it means Gord for all of you, but it's still Maddie in my <laughs> mind. And yeah. Lindsay, also Edzo Loki had the broadcaster curse when he said Kraken looking for the season sweep right after the Schwartz goal and before the Bruins answered. 
Yeah, that low-key one. But, man, I mean, it's got to be on everyone's mind at that point. Like, well, how long does this lead last? I, I I was typing up the tweet after the goal. I'm like, well, can this lead last longer than a minute? And then, you know, then it happened. Also, right before the Marshan goal, I was, like, leaning over the person next to me, and I was like, man, Gru Grubauer's had Marshan's number tonight. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it felt like one of those games. Yes, it did. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, from Hockey Mom, what did Hack have to say about the game? Well, he said he's disappointed with the result, but he's happy with the effort. And I think that's kind of the takeaway that we've we've all had from this one. Um, you know, talked about that that tying goal, that fifth goal for the Bruins. You know, that can't happen. But overall, he liked where the team's effort was. And, and I think he was kind of satisfied with that. You know, praised Boston, as of course you would, you know, after a game like this. But, you know, pretty standard. Um, but, yeah, he was happy with the effort. Yeah, and, you know that makes sense. It would be hard not to be after a game like this. And he didn't want to. He didn't want to like go into the specifics and kind of dissect it too much, as far as like you know X's and O's, what they need to do better. And tactically, I think he kind of shut down a couple questions on that. He's like, "Look, we'll we'll dissect it later. We'll we'll watch the film and all of that." But he just kind of wanted to speak generally about the effort. Yeah. Uh, so we have an interesting question here from Striatic asking, what is Maddie Beneers' middle name? And so while you were answering the previous question, I went on NHL's website and they don't have a middle name for him. I went on Wikipedia, no middle name. Went on Hockey Reference, no middle name. I don't know that anywhere public Maddie Beneers has ever disclosed what his middle name is. Oh boy, do I? am I being assigned to find this out? Yeah, I guess so. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see if I can get that info for all of you. Um, that's that's interesting. Would have been easier on the dad's trip with the dads all around. I'd be like, hey, what, what's Maddie's middle name? Yes. It's just easy, easier to ask the dad, I think. Yeah. Either that or when I get down to the bottom of the chat, someone's going to have looked it up in someplace else and, and uh, have it yeah. for us here. Never but, doubt chat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's that is pretty funny that, that at least that quickly I wasn't able to find one. And those those are usually pretty solid places to find that info. Yeah. Uh, Coop mentioning it. Someone else mentioned it earlier. Maddie, fifty four percent on the dot against the likes of Bergeron and Krejci is impressive. I agree with that. Uh, now David Krejci was like terrible tonight on the faceoff dot twenty five percent. But you know, Maddie, this was a good game for him all the way around. Yeah, it really was. I mean, he he kind of went toe to toe with some of the Boston's best players, and I mean, fifty four percent in the dot against that team is hard, no matter no matter which line you get the assignment for. Mm -hmm. uh, Donnie, super late to the stream party. One hell of a game, absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Light shared it in the Discord, but reading uh, reading the Boston Reddit and even Twitter comments seems like Boston fans are giving the team some credit and even are hoping for a playoff meetup between the teams. There we go. So if we can, well, I think win we, we can all be on board with that. Yeah. Well, yes, we definitely <laughs> would. That means the Stanley Cup final berth. Um, but uh, if we can even get the Boston fans to give us credit and get on board with that, I mean, that means we've really showed up and we've left an impression. I think that does say a lot, just, you know, <laughs> knowing knowing how they could be. Yeah, definitely. Um, Daniel asking if the Avs are going to make it out of the wild card. I don't know. I haven't been playing, you know, I've been focusing on the Pacific and everything there. They're in the uh, final only... wild card spot right now. Yeah, they've got they've got three games in hand on Minnesota, and they're only two points behind. So I'm going to say They'll yes. be fine. They'll be <laughs> in one of those top three division spots. Yeah. Uh, Coop, I'm certainly not a Wenberg guy. But Lenny with the most notable good effort play I've seen from him maybe ever stealing that puck and giving us that last goal. Yeah, a great effort play from Wenberg. I mean, games like this, I don't know, 
it's one of the reasons that, you know, maybe you keep a guy like that around, just someone who can play that solid 200-foot game, give the effort. I mean, there were he had a few takeaways in this game. I, I think of one earlier in the game where he had a good takeaway and he set up, I forget who it was, right in front of the net. It was a really good chance, but he had a few of those tonight. He did, and I know it's we, we tend to focus on the whole, you know, him not shooting, and I even said it, I think, on the Discord in the game chat when uh, he was the only guy, like, kind of net front and the Kraken sent a pass out, and it just barely missed him. But it was like, oh, it would have been interesting to see who he would have passed that puck to. <laughs> he was just all alone net front with nobody around. But um, he's a fantastic defender, and he's a really good neutral zone defender. He's, he's kind of like the only neutral zone defender I feel like they have on this team. Um, but yes, his back-checking capabilities, all that kind of stuff, he, he really brings a lot to this team, uh, despite the kind of you know grief we give him in the offensive zone. And how about that catch after his stick got launched into the air? It's, it's, he's well-rounded Catching individual. Stick just like it's nothing, goes back and, and almost scores a goal right in front. Yep. Uh, Gregory, Kraken have scored 201 goals so far this season. Now, I don't know about these days, RJ, because scoring is kind of up league-wide, but back in the day, like 200 was like, a, okay, we at least got to 200. Like that was the danger zone level of if your team could like barely get 200 or was just under 200 goals, like that meant you were a really bad offense. And so coming off of last season, I will celebrate kind of getting the 200 goals. Oh, for sure. And with as many games as there are to go. Yeah. By this point in the season, that's a good sign. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Keenan, great NHL insight from the stream for Seattle native. So thank you. The best teams learn how to win at the end. Boston is definitely one of them. Seattle has done it to great effort tonight. Well, thank you for the kind words there. And yeah, we have seen Boston be able to do this kind of stuff. Um, I mean, uh, the Kraken. Definitely, we've yeah. seen Boston do this the last. Like, yeah, we've seen Boston do it plenty also. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it, Seattle does have this stuff in them. It's just you know, again, you're playing the best team in the league. There's, you know, you, you gave them everything you could, and it was a great game. Like you just you take that, uh, Edward Matt E Beniers. <laughs> <laughs> And then the E stands for Enigma. I like it. I, I really like Perfect. it. Um, but no one, no one's been able to find one. I guess nobody's, nobody's All right. put it in chat. So I maybe, maybe he doesn't have one. Is there like a legal requirement that you have one? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I don't know that legally you have to have a name at all. So <laughs> hmm. if you just get assigned a social security number, I don't know that you need a name. That's a whole question. Do you have to have a name? All right. Anyway, maybe a letter. I know. Uh, uh daniel wenberg also had a nice shot on the power play he did uh lindsey maybe he just doesn't have one my sister doesn't have a middle name because my parents thought her first name was long enough lol so see <laughs> there are people with just no middle name it's possible that that uh, matthew veneers just doesn't have one possibly maybe because he was just always matthew maddie veneers yeah that would make sense it would make sense uh yeah shoeshine you do not need a middle name my my dad doesn't have one so there we go there we go um like another good note for the night is all the guys on the team having career years look at the big rig with seven goals yes forzen had a fantastic call too with like get the trailer ready big rigs here or something <laughs> like that and it was really cool i'm still standing by the hole he's the big rig because of an oil rig because you would not describe him as long. You would describe him as tall. And an oil rig is tall, not like a truck rig, which is long. He's built kind of like an oil rig, I will yes. say. I will die on this hill. 
it will. All alone. It'll be fine. I will die on this hill all alone. It'll be fine. <laughs> Stick that on a shirt and credit it to me. That's right. pretty good. <laughs> yes. Um, Joey, bringing up a good point. Mark Giordano's coming back in a couple days to Seattle. We already talked about this. We're both assuming the Kraken will do something for him coming back, some sort of video tribute or, or something. Um, yeah, I'm for, assuming, for sure something's going to happen. Yeah, I'm assuming, no, like, at, with the with how exciting the game was for this one, nobody was really talking about that up in the press box. No, I, did, I didn't hear anything about that. I mean, no one could look past this one tonight. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's coming, and it will kind of shift our minds toward that, especially, I don't know when Toronto gets into town, uh, but if, certainly if they have, like, a practice here the day before or whatever, that, that'll be something on everyone's minds. Yeah, I know. Uh, people disagreeing with me that it is, in fact, Big Rig with a truck. I... <laughs> uh, Jeremiah with the Super Chat. Veneers is from Mass... Uh, I can't even say it without then accidentally demonetizing. And I don't know that I could say the second half of your Super Chat here, Jeremiah, without accidentally demonetizing because I don't what trust What does it myself. say? I, can, I can't see chat for these. So this is, this is interesting. Well, I'll have to go back and look Veneers at it. Veneers is from the state that he's from, which I've okay. never been able to say without saying the word at the end. Okay, just okay. Sorry, everybody. Uh, so it's Maddie, and then like you know, F A W K E N veneers. Like ah, gotcha. You know what I mean? But I don't. Yes, I know what. Yeah, slip up. Uh, but that is. (laughs) So there you go, Jeremiah. You've done it. You first first super chat ever. I'm just not reading. (laughs) Congrats! (laughs) What what an honor! What an accomplishment! (laughs) You've done it. (laughs) Um. Anyone else feel a little dissed that they didn't start Allmark? That's an interesting question. It feels okay. All season, it feels like the Kraken have, have managed to avoid a lot of the starters in season. I got to go back and look at this, but it feels like the Kraken get the other teams back up a disproportionate amount of the time to me. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would mostly agree with that. Um, didn't we get Allmark the first game though? And we, yeah, they did get Allmark the first game. And, and yeah, I mean, he did well. Like I know the Kraken ended up winning that one. And I don't remember if the third was an empty netter or what, you know, what it was in that three, nothing game, but Allmark played very well. Yeah. Rebecca adding, they started Allmark the last two and they've been committing, committed to alternating goalies all season. I think the combination of that and the fact that look, bottom line is you lost three, nothing last time. You're going to do something different for this one. Like it, it would make sense to do that. You know what I mean? Um, let's see. Uh, Real quick. I, uh, I did get the video of the Olmark and Swayman, the, you know, the big, the, the big hug thing, thing that they do. Okay, cool. Yeah. I figured probably people didn't want me to tweet that. They didn't want to see it, but it was very wholesome. And there was a long pause before him where they were looking at each other like, Oh my God, that game. Like you couldn't, you could just see Olmark be like, <laughs> you know, and Swayman, he's like, I right, know. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, I, you got to imagine that like Swayman, like just breathes at that point, like you just let yeah. out a big sigh because I can't imagine being a goaltender in this game, either of them. Like that's just, it's got to be so nerve wracking because yeah. both of them played well is the thing, right? Like, like if you're Swayman, you're never expecting that Yanni Gord goal to happen. No. Why would you ever expect something like that? Right? Yeah, it, it was it was a tough game for the goalies who played very well. Both but just them, yeah. the, the stuff that was happening in front of them was impossible. So I think Swayman needed a hug there. Yeah, I, I think both of them probably did for sure. Um, uh, I'll do a, a last call here uh, for everybody. Jeremiah, sorry, don't want you de- don't want you demonetized, but you got my wife laughing, so it was worth every penny. Glad to hear it. Um 
Jeremiah also saying might have started Swayman so his family could easily see him play as he is, is it's a short flight from Anchorage. It's a good point. I love the back of his mask there. I know with the Alaska with outline the Alaska, on it, yeah. that looks great. And and I can say, yes, there was a lot of his family here and they were, they were here actually like down there after the game to kind of meet with them and everything. You can tell the family that, that sticks around and everything. That's a cool part of my vantage point here, but there was a lot of Swayman family. Actually, they came up through the elevator. They were right, you know, behind the camera yeah. there. Um, so a lot of Swayman family in the building. And I've got to mention, I feel so bad for the two fans who were wearing Craig Smith jerseys, one a yes. Bruins jersey, one a Preds jersey at the game tonight. I, I, they must have been here to stay Craig Smith. They were actually here after the game, too. So they must have like known him or something. They, you know, that's kind of where the family tends to hang out. Right. I don't know if he's here. I don't know if they ever got to see him. But of course, he gets traded this afternoon. And those two poor fans in the Craig Smith jerseys, uh, yeah, I feel bad for them. I'm looking it up to see if he played anywhere nearby. He's from Wisconsin. He played at, you know, Wisconsin. I don't know what the connection would be to the Pacific Northwest. Because, yeah, I, you sent me that text I mean, just assume that he'd be here. It. I don't know. Yeah, and I was just like, like, yeah, do you almost – they just happen to have those, and maybe they were planning on wearing different jerseys, but because he's traded, you throw them on, and you just, like, go with it? I don't know. <laughs> But the fact that they were here after the game, like where all the family was and everything, it, yeah. it makes me think they really were here to see him. So yeah. hope that's, they got to see him somehow. Yeah, that's a bummer. That is definitely a bummer. Or maybe before he left town or something like that. If he left earlier, he would have been in town anyway. Uh, Becca with the super chat, Maddie Calder Beneers. I like it. And certainly there we go. That's a good, if that that's should a good come to name. pass, you legally change his middle name to Calder <laughs> or give him a middle name if give he doesn't him a, have yeah. one. Um, <laughs> But that is definitely the way to way to do it. Um, Lights got uh, just jumped on me. Light. I also have to imagine the hockey guy is going to give some heavy praise for Seattle in his recap tonight. I would assume so. I got to think anybody uh, is going to after this one. Uh, the big question is going to be, RJ, do you think that it'll get a mention on the 32 Thoughts podcast? Oh, I think it will. I think because Elliot Friedman, I think, tweeted about it. Like, you know, Boston just tied oh, at 5-5. Five, five. I think I saw the tweet. So I think he was tuning in, certainly after that point. They stayed up for it. They stayed up for it. At least one of them did for part of it. Yeah. That's, you know. <laughs> it's, all, it's all that matters for some of these West Coast games. That's all it takes sometimes. Um, yes, right. A Craig Smith fan club still wore the jerseys, though. That's dedication. Nobody's got a dedicated fan base like Craig Smith. I know it's it's great to see. Um, Daniel pointing out Maddie's the only rookie with negative odds in the Calder race. It's pretty good, especially with Logan Thompson. You know, you don't want it to happen because like somebody got injured, but that certainly kind of opened things up again for Maddie. Yeah, uh, and he's been playing well. I mean, now up to what a twelve point lead on on McTavish in the rookie points race. That's pretty good. Uh, Harley, OMG, it's almost two a.m. and still wired. The workday will be here too soon. Oh, yay. Uh, TML next in Seattle. Oh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, if there ever was a game, Seattle needs to win. Uh, I know. Uh, I, I think it's going to be pretty good. Do you want a real quick last thought, RJ, like some sort of preview for Toronto? I mean, it's interesting because we talked about it after the San Jose game where we felt like this one was going to be the low-scoring grind of a game, and then Toronto was going to be you know, the, the fun, basically what this game was, exactly what this game was, is what we thought the Toronto game was going to be. So I don't know, maybe we'll see like a two to one game, you know, something low scoring, hard fought. I don't know. It, go against the grain. That's my thought. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say, try to shut down Willie Nylander. 
I think he's having a heck of a season, and traditionally that just feels like the kind of player that the Kraken would struggle against. Looking at the goals, some of the goals that they allowed tonight, looking at how Willie Nylander likes to get lost behind defenses or lost off on one side of the ice, he can score from all angles. I think that's the player that the Kraken need to focus on and try to take away. Uh, I think that's going to be key for them in that one. Should be a fun one, though. One more shout-out to Queen Anne Beer Hall. RJ, have the chili cook-off go. Just give us like a quick one. You can talk more about it on the deep dive. It was great. I, I got to taste 14 different chilies. Uh, I mean, like, it's just a dream come true judging a chili cook-off. Anyone who knows me well knows how much I would enjoy something like that. I mean, and Queen Anne Beer Hall, they are just absolutely awesome partners in this. I mean, a great judging panel and just to let us be a big part of that night too. Just huge. They put on so many awesome events. I mean, 14 breweries from all around the Pacific Northwest all coming together to compete and everyone was so into it. I mean, that's like, that's what the Queen Anne Beer Hall is all about. You know, bringing people together for that, you know, that awesome atmosphere and having a good time. So I, I'm so lucky they uh, chose us to be part of it. And I mean, the chili was delicious. <laughs> awesome. Glad to hear. Happy for you. Thanks everybody for joining us for this one. We will catch you all after that Toronto game. Should be a good one. See y'all next time.